You are listening to NFT Talk Show, where we put the T in NFT. I am your host, Tony Payne, and if you have ever wanted to know anything and everything, including all the juicy deets about NFTs, you are in the right place. So buckle up, get ready, and let's go. Welcome to another episode of NFT Talk Show. I am your host, that's Tony Payne, the delectable Tony Payne. And yes, this episode is going to be a little different. It's pre-recorded. Um, we decided to do a Twitter Spaces episode of NFT Talk Show. We had Kenyan artist and food photographer Get Ho with us and a few other guests um, on the show. And we talked about food photography. We talked about the NFT space things to know and it's it was pretty informative so um yes let's cue the new episode Alrighty, let's go yeah let's start with kid how are you hi 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 tony um i'm good um really excited about this space um excited to uh, to make noise and <laughs> to showcase and to even bring up other artists who are doing something similar and um yeah let's make food photography more um a scene in this yeah yeah <laughs> a thing yeah absolutely and um like i said um this is going to be part of the podcast nft talk show so if you're on here um just in case we do make it we'll be recording <laughs> we'll be recording this episode um to go live on apple Podcasts and everywhere else um but yeah so get you have a new um collection on OpenSea right now do you want to tell us a little bit about that um yeah um i <laughs> i think i i should do first an introduction of myself and um what I actually do. Um, I am a Gith um, or in full Githinji Onjohi, um, a Kenyan uh, photographer and designer. Um, currently, the works that I have minted, uh, especially on food photography, which is um, the love of my heart and what makes me tick, what I actually do in a heartbeat. And uh, the work that I recently minted is uh, a collection known as Feel, food, Feel Good Food. So Feel, Feel Good Food is uh, um, a collection that I'm trying to like uh, to showcase different pastries, different um, things that Kenyan chefs are creating. And the first photos right now that are on it are from our Kenyan chef called Lynn, Lynn Wamoyo. And she does pastries. She uh, creates her own chocolate, which I find really um Great. It's something that's a bit different from what you find Kenyan chefs doing. And uh, yeah, um, from the images, I just want guys to uh, appreciate the technique, appreciate the textures, appreciate the um, the feelings that the food uh, evoke. 
Beautiful. So what has your experience been? Because for me, um, food is not a popular topic in NFTs. You find your um, landscapes, you find your um, portraiture. But food has been like, a, you know, crickets. I, I can count on my hand <laughs> <laughs> how many people actually do food. But what what gets me about it, if you look at um, the foundation of art, if you look at old masters, if you look at, you know, art from you know, the Dutch masters, if you look at um, 18th century art, food has always been a very important part of art you know um aristocrats that's how they show well you know so it just it, it mind boggles me to see that a lot of people are reluctant i know a lot of food photographers that are in the nft that shoot landscape but they're food photographers but they don't present their food photography in NFTs. They only do, you know, other types of um, photography. And I, I think that probably stems from them being reluctant or afraid that it might not um, be a thing, obviously, because, you know, landscapes are hot, other types of photography are hot. So why, um, why should I do food? And this is why, you know, when me and you spoke, I said this conversation is important like we have to get people to understand that you know this is this is art this is like one of the foundations of art you know if you look at things like the last supper da vinci the um leonard everybody has used food as a topic of their art you know so um what has your experience been i know um initially you were kind of reluctant as well to do food what what was that turning point for you to say you know what i'm gonna go ahead and do food um uh, <laughs> um for me um as, as you rightly said, um, guys are really reluctant uh, on posting their food photography. And the NFT photography space, I think, is a bit new. Um, when I was getting into NFTs, guys were doing mostly generative work. And now, right now, you're seeing more of the landscape, more of the now other photography works. Uh, the reason why I decided to list and mint uh, food photography is because of how it makes me feel from the whole process of the creation and even shooting food. It's just fun. You never, um, most of the times, it, you never know what to expect because you're trying to capture textures and one light a lighting technique might not work for your next shoot so it's it's always like a game for me trying to shoot food awesome um so you know how do you think in your opinion now you're shooting food and I'm I'm with you on this because like I said I shoot food as well and it's like a it's you know one of those situations where I've had um thoughts like oh should I do something else but then I look at my food images and I love them so much I'm like this is a hill I'm willing to die on <laughs> you know <laughs> so how do you yeah. feel how do you feel we can change that how do you feel we can bring appreciation of um food photography or just generally into NFTs because, I mean, besides education and letting people realize, look, if you're 
thinking art this is this is part of it you know this is these these are the subjects that art started with you know um how do you think we can bring that into nfts and create a, a mainstream appreciation for food photography i think uh through um like having these discussions um through this way we get to share our stories out there and uh, people get to listen to us and it's uh, an avenue for even guys to see that there's this other side into NFTs and there's uh, people who are actually doing it. So I, I hope that even these discussions will help uh, bring up those who are still not uh, uh, doing it as such, or who have been afraid and have moved into other photography disciplines, into uh, now um, into food. Awesome. So um, do you think you're going to stick to food or do you think you're going to try other things as well? Um, <laughs> I, I, I think I, I might try other things, but my main motivation is food, food and um, uh, macro photography. So the other thing that I would like to do is more of, uh, I, I do beekeeping and rare bees and I like uh, how bees are integral to the production of food. So I want to like create stories on that and now mash it up with food and show showcase how that's uh, how that process is. Beautiful. Um so for those that just joined us, um welcome. This is uh our first test Twitter Spaces episode of NFT Talk Show. It's going to be going up on our podcast, NFT Talk Show. Um, if you're just joining us, welcome. We have a new speaker, um, Poppy, in the house. Um, hello, Poppy. Is Poppy there? Hello, Poppy. Okay, sometimes when um, a speaker comes up in spaces, sometimes we'll have a little glitch here and there. Um, but yeah, so um, okay. now NFTs generally, what are your views about NFTs? Um, who are your inspirations in the NFT circle and outside of NFTs for food? Um, what? Who are your inspirations? Who do you look up to? What artists do you look up to? What artists have you seen that you that inspired you to want to continue doing food? Um, in in NFTs, I think um, my greatest inspiration is Justin Avasano. I hope that's that's how you see it. <laughs> um, his project with the Twin Flames, and I think that's the first photo project that I've seen blow up. Um, before that, I felt a bit alone doing photography. Uh, I didn't see much of it. Um, other uh, other than uh, NFT creators, um, my other inspirations now are Kenyan food photographers. And here we have the likes of Pauschinski. We have um, the likes of... Uh, um, who else? <laughs> we, uh, I'm, I'm going a bit blank right now. <laughs> 
to worry. That's allowed. It happens to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, what what keeps me creating and. I think even apart from food photographers, the other Kenyan uh, photographers who make my eyes melt, and um, these are like Magunga, we have Mutua um, Mateka, and uh, oh no, sorry, <laughs> I've gone blank again. Uh, <laughs> I'll get. <the laughs> So sorry. <laughs> Don't worry. It's totally like I said aloud. Um, I think for me, a lot of the um, food that photography that inspires me will be. I study a lot of the Dutch masters, um, and there. If you look at my food photography, for instance, a lot of people say it has that feel of a painting. Almost look like it's a painting, but it's actually not. It's just my use of lighting. And I draw a lot of inspiration from old Dutch um, masters like Vermeer, um, their paintings. There's, a, there's, a, there's one I obsess over called The Milkmaid. I want to kind of shoot something similar to that, but I've been just how to put you, because I, I mean, ours is contemporary, right? We're um, contemporary art because we're in the modern times that we're not you know like old school <laughs> you know so how do you take something so awesome and translate it in the contemporary um in the contemporary art field and I think that's that's been one of my challenges is how do I take something from a Vermeer and translate it into contemporary art while still maintaining your style so again your style so what do you think is your style when it comes to food shooting food what do you think like if somebody looks at your um images and they when they see and they're like oh i know this is um gets work what do you think is your style what sets you apart from every other um food photographer out there um uh i think uh the things that i try to do in my work is uh putting a bit of motion so if you look at uh, my work you'll see um elements either being pulled up or down or there's something that's being sprinkled in and uh in my edit i try to make it a bit more airy so it feels it doesn't feel like a static a static shot. It doesn't feel like the food was just put there and then it was photographed. So having that element, um, it's 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 what I try to do. Awesome. So let's assume you're a brand new photographer coming into the NFT space and you shoot food. What advice would you give them? Um, <laughs> uh, as a brand new photographer, uh, what I what I tell them is one: uh, these these each day is a learning day. So, like your craft only gets better by doing it and by trying out different things. Um, uh, if you're used to. Uh, if if you get attached to like 
doing things the same way it it becomes a bit difficult so for for new photo, uh, food photographers um also be ready to waste or feel like you're wasting a lot of food <laughs> um the takes are so many and <laughs> it's 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 um uh, at times you have to dump out some food since you didn't get that shot that you that you wanted i i know that feeling <laughs> i try as much as possible when i shoot i'll sanitize all my surfaces because i know food is gonna touch it <laughs> but sometimes you just you, you just can't and you know you know a lot of food food photographers they shoot um well commercial food photographers they improvise a lot you know use non-food items and um me for instance for the artistic value i use food items i don't i don't substitute like i won't substitute whipped cream for like shaving cream and things like that i won't do it but a lot of a lot of commercial um photographers will do that and of course it's not edible after that you know and i think a lot of people say oh um, is it not just food it's it's not easy to shoot food getting the lighting right getting things to you know just look right and look beautiful it's probably one of the hardest in my opinion, it's probably one of the hardest things to shoot. I mean, human beings, landscapes kind of work for you. You know, they're beautiful. You shoot them, get the right lighting in there. It'll look good. But food, how do you make <laughs> something edible look artistic and good at the same time? And I think it's such a special skill. And I believe as time goes on um, in off the top of my head right now in the NFT space, I only know me, you, and one other person <laughs> that are <laughs> food. <laughs> and he's a chef and he um, does like really, I mean, he's, he does beautiful plating and does like these little artistic paintings um, for his food work. So those are three people that I know of that are um, doing um, actual Okay, maybe four actually. I think there's one person, but he does like food masks. I'm not really sure where to kind of place that one or classify it as. But you said food masks. To classify it as um, food photography or just um, mm -hmm. conceptual photography. I've, I've been I've been cracking my brain on that mm -hmm. one actually ever since I saw it. Like, is this conceptual or is it food? It actually probably falls under conceptual using food as a tool. Um, you know, because he does that same pose and just has the mask on and just different food. <laughs> Always makes me <laughs> smile <laughs> um, when I see it. Um, but yeah, in a space as big as NFTs, I would expect that, you know, um, there would be more, you know, and the fact that there isn't, it, it's, um, we'll get there. We're going to make it happen, kid. We're going to, we're going to make it happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to have a, a space full of food photographers. It would be a yummy experience. <laughs> trust me, because I can sit there and stare at food pictures all day, food and drinks. I, I've seen some beautiful stuff out there, but I think a lot of, and then again, a lot of people don't really know about NFTs just yet. And I think it's going to take time for them to kind of find out about nfts but hopefully before that happens we would have laid a very good foundation for them so when they do get in it'll be a lot easier than what we're having 
um, at the moment. But like I said, we're going to we're going to make it a thing. We're going to make it a thing. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to make it appreciated <laughs> um, for those just joining us. Um, we're this is the NFT talk show. It's part of a podcast that I um, that I record and host. Um, so we're we're doing our first NFT talk show Twitter spaces. So um, if anybody has any questions or wants to come up and speak, feel free to raise your hand so I can bring you up. We're keeping today short and sweet. <laughs> I'm not really a big fan of like two hour. I don't I don't like to talk too long. I'm not a big fan of two hour spaces. Like I'm like okay can can I go now? <laughs> so don't worry, I'm not gonna keep everybody in here um, too long. We're, we're we'll wrap it up um, very soon. So if anybody wants to come up and say something, you're free to. But um, in the meantime, while we wait for everyone to decide, and don't be shy, while we wait for everyone to decide if they want to come up and say um, hello. So um, how has it been? Where do you have your stuff listed? Um, currently um currently i'm uh, still on open sea um i have three collections uh the most recent being the feel good food one um these uh hey honey that's a, a short of my first honey crop then uh the other one i was trying to mess with eggs and gravity as i said um, i tried to introduce motion in food so that uh, that uh, that was actually my first nft and uh currently i'm still working on more and uh i'll be updating especially on the feel good food uh collection Oh, beautiful. Okay. Um, so yeah, you can find Git's um, Feel Good Food NFTs on OpenSea. Um, my my beef with OpenSea is <laughs> I'm going, but I will still mention their name because that's where you <laughs> that's where your collection is. And I'm sure it's going to grow with time. With your food, um, you know, a lot of people, I, I always say... Um, my collector will find me. And the reason I say that is because I've been fortunate to have collectors that, you know, literally go hard for me, you know, collectors yes. that love my work, collectors that are proud to be my collectors. I've been fortunate, fortunate to have that. So I always say my collector will find me because um, I think with our work, especially if these are your babies and especially if yeah. um, you have, you know, some... I have, I say blue chip goals, <laughs> you know, my goal ultimately is to see one of my pieces selling for like 5 million or something somewhere, you know? So that's the goals that I'm working towards. So it's so important for me to have collectors that share the same vision that, you know, are willing to like, we're going to be with you through thick and thin because NFT is going to be a lot of thick and thin, you know, especially with gas prices being what they can be. Um, yeah. So in terms of collectors, what are you looking for? Um, what I'm looking for is uh, collectors, one who will resonate with my work and uh, appreciate the tiny elements and the tiny details that uh, come to bring in uh, that work into fruition. Um, I'd also like uh, 
guys who are able to resonate with my story and resonate with why I even do food photography. And uh, yeah, I, I, I am looking for collectors who uh, I can go the, the whole way to. And as you even said, you, you, uh, for you, you're looking to become a blue chip artist. I I'd also like that and I'd like to grow towards that end and to even offer, uh, be able to offer value in terms of even prints and other collectibles to my collectors. Beautiful. So um, where can we find you besides, well, Twitter, of course, besides Twitter, where else can we find you? Um, besides Twitter, you can find me, um, I am launching my website this week. Um, it's, it's up right now, but it's not yet fully worked out, but I'll share, I'll share on my Twitter and, uh, you can find me on Instagram at gif underscore wanjohi and, uh, yeah, Instagram and Twitter are my main platforms. Beautiful. So, yeah, so one last question before we start to wrap this up. Um, and again, thanks to everybody that is in the room. You're listening to NFT Talk Show. And Britt is our guest for today. And we are talking about food and NFT art. It's a very important conversation because I shoot food <laughs> and um, get shoots food too. And we want to make sure food becomes mainstream in NFTs because it's such an important important um topic it's like you don't have life without food like if you don't eat you'll die (laughs) (laughs) you know so it's it's such a it's such an important um you know um theme or topic to shoot or to you know bring forth in art and i think it's just a little slow in the nft world right now but it's gonna pick up i see it picking up soon um so yeah we decided you know let's start the conversation and i think with the nft talk show spaces i'll host this more often and it won't go up on the podcast so if you want to go back and listen to it you can i'll put a link up um so you guys can have a listen and um yeah so the final question i had for you get was what would you say to anyone right now that is underrating food in in food art in nfts um i think um right now there's uh quite an opportunity there's a gap um guys are not doing it so especially if you're able to become amongst the first people to do it when it eventually uh kicks in and guys appreciate the, uh, your work and other people's work you'll realize more gains and more value from your work so don't don't be afraid to post it and and list it, mint it, make it available, let us see your work. And yeah, hopefully things will change in the near future. Beautiful. So yeah, um, I said that was the last question, but a second to the last question. <laughs> this is not. I also have a question for you. <laughs> you oh, you want to ask me questions? You know what? Yeah, yeah. Ask me, ask away. <laughs> okay. Um, since um, 
let's say you're amongst the few the food photographers who have made sales. Um, how do you reach your collectors or what are some of the strategies involved in reaching them? So um, for me, I think with NFTs, a lot of people say they have strategies. That's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> NFTs are very unpredictable. And anybody that's wanting to get into NFTs, be prepared for that. Be prepared for the unpredictability. Be prepared for not making sales. Be prepared for it. I don't chill anymore. Um, once in a blue moon, I might just do it for, you know, it just really depends. Um, I think what I've realized about chilling is for me personally, okay, I'll give you a good example. Like, um, if you say something like, oh, I want to buy NFTs, I might just be saying that, not really asking anybody to show. I might just be thinking out loud. But then you get a lot of people shilling their work. And a lot of times those people are not following you. They've never interacted with you. They're not going to interact with you after that. I think that's the wrong way to do it. Um, the collectors that I have now, I have a Discord for them. Um, we keep in touch. We're in each other's DMs. We talk. Um, I send them gifts, T-shirts. <laughs> but the most important thing is I don't see them as a means to an end. I don't see them as, oh, just buy my art. No, I see them as like, a, you know, a partner in this, like um, almost like a, um, an unofficial marriage <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where we're, we're together in this NFT thing and my success ultimately becomes their success because if I become successful, they can say, oh, I have her work. It's, it's going to be big for them as well. So um, for me, I think the personal relationship in my opinion, is very important. I think just going to a collector and just trying to say, oh, buy my stuff without even getting to know them, without even um, knowing who they are. I'm sure there are some that will just buy from, you know, nobody really, they're just, you know, maybe just trying to help the artist out. But if you're talking yeah. long-term, if you're talking, you know, I'm not just trying to sell immediately. I want something a year from now. We're still kind of like what Justin, Justin actually taught me this. Um, that is so important. That's the core. That should be the core of your collection. It's building a relationship with people. You know, when I first started, um, he said to me, get a discord. I'm like, I hate discord, <laughs> <laughs> you know? I don't like this. He's like, you got to get a discord. And when you get a discord that he said, that's where he met most of his collectors. And discord is where he kept in touch with most of them, you know, and that's keeping in touch with people is also very important because, you know, somebody's investing their hard earned money, even if it's just it, eat, it's still their hard earned money and they're investing it mm -hmm. in you. And if you just kind of just take the money and move on, some might feel a little slighted. Some might not care, you know, like, okay, well, I've done my bit and, you know, let me go. But some might feel a little slighted. I collect a lot of, on Tez um, ever since Ethereum gas fees became madness. I started collecting on Tezos. And I've, you know, some of the people, if you look at my collection on Tezos, there are some things you will see more of in there than others. Like some things you'll see, like I have like eight pieces. And the reason is because they're in 
uh, members of my Discord, because there are a lot of members in my Discord that don't have um, NFTs. And the goal is to get a lot of people owning NFTs, because when you own your first NFT, it's it's special. You know, you own a piece. I always tell them you can sell it if you want to. You know, you can keep I'm not going to tell you what to do with it. I'm gifting it to you. Do whatever you want with it. Hold it. If it increases in value later, feel free to sell it. If you want to hold on to it and say this is a souvenir from Tony, that's fine, too. I'm not going to feel offended either way. You know, just do what you want with it. But I think it's very important if you're trying to get collectors, if you already have collectors, to make sure you're checking on them. You know, some people might not like you checking on them frequently. <laughs> you don't have to do that like every morning, like, hey, what's up? <laughs> you know, <laughs> how are you doing? Did you eat breakfast? No. <laughs> Just, you know, once in a while, get their opinion. I do that a lot where I have um, a collector of mine, Solana. We and her, you know, we talk. And there's a thing that I'm working on for my collectors right now. And I, I, I asked her opinion. I was like, what do you think about this? And she was like, oh, it's a good, this is like three o'clock in the morning, you know, and me and her going back and forth. We'd have never met. We met because she collected my stuff because um, Gary V had retweeted me and she found me through him. And, um, and that was how we met, you know, not like we met in person, nothing like that. And she goes hard for me. Like if you see any shield threat, she's like, Tony Payne's art is the greatest. <laughs> you know, so those are the kind of collectors I always say when I when I say I want my collector, that's what I mean by I want my collector. Somebody that actually appreciates my art, not just anybody that's just buying my art just to say, oh, well, you know, I'm just supporting an artist, whatever, I'm moving on. No, I want somebody that believes in the art. And I think this should go for everybody as well. You want somebody that believes in your work. Because trust me, when they believe in your work, word of mouth is still very, very relevant. You know, that's what a lot of us forget in NFTs. Word of mouth is still very relevant because you're going to have situations where if they believe in your work, they're going to tell somebody, they'll tell somebody, they'll tell somebody about you. And that's very important, you know. So um, to answer your question, that's how I do my I don't have a magic formula. I just try as much as possible to make sure my interactions are legit. I try as much as possible not to look or feel or be a user. Um, and I appreciate my collectors a lot. I, I, I gift them a lot, too. They're probably tired of getting gifts from me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's 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 really nice. So, uh, I think getting collectors who really value your work, apart from the monetary value that it may present to them, is really uh, a plus to have. It's what everyone should be looking out for, as you say. Yeah, that is the uh, my opinion. That's the way to grow. You know, um, because how do you sustain? Somebody buys your art today and they move on. You, it's not sustainable because then you have to keep looking for people to buy your art. But when you have people that are willing to grow with you, it almost turns like they're like your board of directors at that point. You know, <laughs> you know, I, I buy um, I buy crypto and I go hard for the crypto that I'm holding because I want it to grow in value. You know, so it's the same concept. I want if I buy art, I want it to grow in value. 
so I can say I own this piece like a Picasso, you know. <laughs> I own a Tony Payne. Hey, oh wow, you do. You know, but how can how can how can I brag that I own a Tony Payne if it has no value? You know. So like yeah. I said, it's important. You know that collector artist relationship is also very, and I think a lot of people miss the mark on that. You know, I've had situations where um. I'll see a work on um, on Twitter. They'll show me, but they're not following me. So how do you know me? You just want me to buy your art and that's it? You know? <laughs> how do you know what I'm about? How do you know what I even like? You know? So, yeah. And and I, I think if they did follow, they would know that I... Because I do tweet my philosophies a lot about, you know, how I see um, relationships. I come from an industry. I used to be in the music industry. I come from an industry where you have a lot of users. So I try to, as much as possible, <laughs> avoid that in this space as well. And also avoid that being that, you know. Um, and if I feel like one of my collectors is feeling left out except for anonymous collectors you're gonna probably have a few of those you're gonna have anonymous collectors that you don't even know who they are you don't know um you know they just collect your stuff and kind of move on you're gonna and that's fine too but there's some that will want to be involved and i'm not talking about they want to be involved with your pricing models no um (laughs) or telling you how to create your art no they just want you to succeed and i've been fortunate um enough to have collectors that you know want to see me succeed and we keep in touch um that's <laughs> i think uh that's 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 the dream that's what <laughs> i'm looking forward to and uh i'm looking forward to guys who can be able to like keep me motivated and keep me on my toes uh, to create and having collectors, uh, 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 the whole NFT concept and the whole uh, community part on NFTs is really what keeps me going right now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And another thing that, I mean, I big secret, you know, a lot of people don't like to admit this. Big secret, there are a lot of things that go down off the timeline. You know, there are a lot of people that yeah. get their collectors in, you know, they're not showing in the DM, but they're having conversations off Twitter. You know, because I, when I first started um, doing NFTs, they made it, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, just, you know, mingle, just community. But they're not telling you the full story that, you know, sometimes it's a phone call. Sometimes it's a DM. And sometimes it's people that they've known um, in the past, you know, that they talk to, oh, hey, what's up? And, oh, this is NFT and we're collecting. You know, so it, it don't, don't think... Um, I'm not saying go show in somebody's DMs, you know, <laughs> but it's okay to reach out to somebody, you know, hey, what's up? You know, how are you doing? But be genuine about it, you know? And a lot of things, uh, another thing that I find in an NFT space is that you'll see some people that will seem genuine at first, but when they see that you haven't bought their stuff, they'll kind of move on really quickly. <laughs> you know, patience. You know, patience is also very important. I mean, my collection, um, when I first dropped my collection, I sold a few pieces the first the first day. And then it was crickets for like two months, you know, 
it got to a point I was like, okay, <laughs> what's going on? But I just, you know, for me, I was having fun on Twitter. Just, I just being my regular self. I didn't let it, um, yeah, you'll think about it. It might bother you. Like, okay, why is it so quiet? And in Twitter, you got to get your mental right. You got to get your mental right. It's so important because you're going to see people selling and you're going to see people going, oh, I just sold 20 ETH. And you're like, oh, mine is just like a fraction of that. What is going on? You got to stay focused and you got to keep your mental right. You don't focus too much on what other people are doing. Focus on yourself. Don't focus on too much on congratulate people for their wins, but don't don't let yeah. it get you down or say, oh, maybe you're not good enough or maybe your work is not good enough. Just make sure you're you're going to be your I know with create creatives, we tend to um, be our own worst critic. I'll shoot something and somebody will look at it and be like, oh, my God, that is gorgeous. And I'll be like, really? I'm like, you know, I think I'm going to redo it in the morning. <laughs> you know, and that, that, that's the mind of a creative, you know, we're our own worst critic, but it's also very important, um, especially in a space like NFT space where you see so much work, you see a lot of stuff, you're going to get tempted. I want to start doing 3D art now. <laughs> <laughs> Because I see so many beautiful 3D artists. That. You gotta stay focused. I've ever thought of doing 3D art. And... Yeah, you gotta. Stay, you're, you're, it's easy to get. It is easy in the NFT space to really get yourself. You know, like you. If you don't stay focused, trust me, you're gonna be all over the place. And you pick what you want to do, stick to what you want to do. I shoot landscape. I'm not, I decide I'm not going to present any of my landscape because this food thing, I'm, I'm on this hill <laughs> and it's going to work. I'm going to make it work, you know, because I believe in it so much. And you stand out when you're, when you do something that not everybody else isn't doing, or you have your own unique style, even if nobody's noticing at first, especially if maybe you don't have a lot of Twitter followers, you know, it doesn't matter. Find people and find people that, you know, are on Twitter that like to talk like me <laughs> and interact with them, you know, interact with them. just be cool. You know, don't don't stress it too much, you know. And if you're not sure, you can ask questions. You know, there's nothing wrong with asking questions. Um, I ask questions all the time. What do you think? Do you think this lighting is too soft? Do you think in? And I feel my work is good, but I still ask questions and there's absolutely nothing wrong with there's no pride in learning or knowledge or getting opinions, um, you know, but most importantly, I think it's important to stay positive. There are going to be days you doubt yourself. Don't, you know, stay positive in the space and don't don't get distracted because it's easy to get there. When you see that person tweet, I just made 20 sales. And you're like, what is going on? <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> What's, What's up with me? And you start thinking, oh, maybe my work is not good enough. Don't do it to yourself. Don't do that to yourself. Your collector will surely find you. You know, just be yourself. Get up there, you know, if you're in spaces, get up there and talk, talk about your work. I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to try and host a lot more of these, you know, so if anybody wants to share their work, if they're shy, I'm like that too, where, you know, I'll hop in spaces and I'm like, I'm, I'm not in the mood to talk to anybody today, <laughs> <I just wanna laughs> listen, you know, but it's important to share 
you know, you don't have to share a piece of yourself, but you can share your work. Tell us what your work is about. If nobody knows about your work, how will they see it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I can see we are having uh, new follow, uh, new listeners. Um, maybe just in case you want to ask a question or engage, you can always request. Yes, welcome to our new listeners. Um, again, this we're hosting <laughs> um, NFT talk show on Twitter Spaces. Um, it's a podcast that I host um, on Apple Podcast. Um, it's on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, and pretty much anywhere where you can find a podcast. And we decided we're going to do food. <laughs> the the prime topic so um yeah welcome everybody um if you're just coming in we're talking about food and nft art and just the nft art space generally if you have any questions um about nfts if you have any advice that you're seeking you can feel free to come up and ask All right, so Prakash is um, connecting. We're going to wait for... Um, okay, there we go. Hi, Prakash. Hey, hi, Tony. How are you doing? I am doing great. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing wonderful today. <laughs> wonderful. Um, um, so good to uh, be here in your show. Uh, pretty Thank cool you. vibe of the space. So. Unlike the, you know, the very technical ones, uh, and the loud ones, <laughs> you know, crowded by punk and, you know, like, oh. <laughs> ape, display pictures, PFPs, and like, wow, everybody's flexing. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> How well, do I participate? I have, a, I have a PFP and I see a few of my um, women and weapons in here. Hi, women and weapons, throw a hundred. <laughs> Oh yeah, I was looking at women and weapons today on OpenSea and Rarity Sniper and all those things. I was just checking all that stuff today, uh, and I I was thinking like, you know, the floor price. I was just checking the floor price of stuff. Yeah, it hasn't dropped a lot of stuff, something like that. So because this ENS airdrop is floating around, so maybe some money that might rotate back here in some of the collections. So I was just having a look. Uh, uh, all right, uh, I had a quick question. Uh, uh, regarding uh, photography NFTs, uh, how do you view them? Uh, and um, uh, the biggest uh, uh, issue that I have uh, is uh, why is it that even I assume that um, it's not a good idea to sell multiple edition for photography NFTs and I've not seen other people sell that. But when it comes to 10K projects, when it comes to individual art pieces, gifts, animation, 3D avatars and stuff like that, everybody is very okay to buy multiple edition NFTs. Uh, when it comes to photography NFTs, they're like, oh, I'm so easy, oh, maybe it's a digital picture, I don't know, maybe I don't need even the one-of-one, one. forget about multiple editions and stuff like that. So how do you view the photography NFT space? Uh, so. Um, so here's my opinion about that. Um, I think for me personally, I think um, photography and NFTs are like the perfect marriage. I think NFTs, I always joke around and say NFTs were made for photography um, because 
when we think about collecting art, you know, when we think about collecting art pieces or when we think about art as, you know, traditional art, we're not thinking PFPs. We're not thinking um, we're thinking paintings. We're thinking photography. We're thinking um I guess now with 3D, you know, um, 3D art, the the animated ones and the still ones, we're thinking still um, still um, 3D art. I think the reason I would say with photography, um, having multiple editions, I won't say it's not advisable. I personally don't do it because I feel photography is a little bit more personal. You know, um, with PFPs, they're more of a project. And a lot of PFP projects are attached to something. Um, I'll give you a good example, like the women and weapons one that I'm in, um, they donate to the Malala Fund, right? So, and then they also have... um, a situation where, you know, some of their holders, they have some eat set aside where they buy art from some of their holders. And it comes with like certain different types of utility, you know, but with photography, I mean, unless you want to shoot 10,000 photos or just have one and have 10,000 people buying it, I don't, I don't know. And, you know, you can't really compare again because um, PFPs are generated, you know, they're generated by um, AI. They're not, they're not, they're not like, you know, photography where it's just like one shot is one shot. And I don't know if it's possible to generate photos. I don't even think that's possible to generate like 10,000 pieces. Of, of so my, my my main comparison was with, uh, say, artists doing uh, uh, editions of three, five, seven and ten, something like that. And even a photo- if, if a photographer does that, nothing sells as far as I've seen in the market. Um, I mean, uh, PFP is different, sure. Uh, but yeah. How about doing three editions, five editions, just like, you know, the 3D uh, uh, stuff goes like three editions easily, all three will sell out, stuff like that. But in photography, uh, forget about doing three editions or five, even one-on-ones are like kind of difficult to sell or, you know, get eyes on too. So, um, again, with photography, like I, you know, photography up until when I first started doing NFTs and this wasn't very long ago, this was probably like in July, nobody was even talking photography, you know, it was probably the Justins that were like really doing photography. So in this space, I think photography is still very new, um, compared to the other types of art in the NFT space. I think photography is just finding its footing. And a lot of times, you know, you'll see like most of the photography that sells are like the landscapes and things like that. And I think over time, it's just going to take time. Um, Over time, you're going to have more people that come into the NFT space as collectors. You're going to have more people that come into the NFT space that are um, art collectors, actual art collectors, Um, not just like, you know, maybe collectors that just have crypto or not just collectors um, that are just appreciate art. You're going to have people that, you know, they come into NFT to collect a specific type of art. And photography is definitely going to be one of them. I think in that sense, um, it's just a matter of time. You know, I think these things take time in terms of like the one on one. I think with photography, for me, it's more personal, you know, Um, so owning something that's more personal and I'm having to share it with like 10 other people feels weird, you know. Um, And again, like I said, you know, this one piece of something, I feel when it's just me that owns it, it just has more value, 
So if I'm investing in something that I plan to um, keep for a very long time because I want it to grow in value, I might not be looking for something that 10 other people also have, if that makes any sense. Yeah, but then if you compare it with limited edition physical prints, there you sign, say, 100 prints or 10 prints and and those sell. Uh, So why not NFTs? So, (laughs) I mean, uh, if the photograph is unique and it's a particular art and if the artist is good, I mean, it's a different uh, scenario. But uh, I am sure nobody would want to say, oh, this is the sunset uh, out of my house or at a place, here are 10 copies of it. So people will be like, oh, no, I don't want that sunset. I can shoot it myself, maybe. Um, you see, that's why I said it's also, you know, um, before you came in, we talked about the importance of finding your own, like your own collector finding you. Um, I've seen editions of photography sell. I've seen editions of photography on, in the NFT space sell out. I have, I have friends that sell editions that sold out on their editions. I personally don't do it only because my goals for my images are a little bit different. Um, But I think it's just a matter of time, you know, finding the right collector that appreciates your work and doesn't mind that it's a couple of editions. You know, it's such a huge space. And I think right now the ratio of artists to collectors is um, probably more artists to collect more artists than you have collectors at the moment. Um, So with more collectors coming in, um, I think that's going to change. I think that's going to change. I'm uh, sure. Thanks a lot for answering that question, Tony. You are most welcome. Thank you. All right. So GitHub, um, we're going to be wrapping up um, the spaces. Um, if you have any closing statements you would like to make. Um, <laughs> I've, I've really enjoyed this piece. Uh, it's been quite insightful and uh yeah, I hope there's more of this and uh, we need to make noise and <laughs> let people know that food photography in NFTs exists and the actual artists that are doing it. And yeah, um, looking forward to see more guys come up and uh, do do more. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. Thanks to everyone who is in the spaces today listening. We really appreciate you all. Um, if you haven't, let me plug my Discord. Um, join my Discord. I do a lot of NFT giveaways in my Discord. You might get lucky and get an NFT that I have collected from an artist. Um, we're going to try and get this episode up on the NFT talk show. Um, if we do successfully, fingers crossed, <laughs> I will go ahead and um i will go ahead and share the link um to so you guys can listen and if there are any questions like i said you know there are a lot of people in the nft space that are approachable i know there's some people that are not where you tweet at them they kind of ignore you just let it go there are people that are approachable if you have questions feel free to ask don't be shy we're all learning and those of us that have learned a little bit we're (laughs) for the most part um willing to share our knowledge um 
I think one more thing I wanted to add. Um, I'm a big fan of Tez, Tezos NFTs. And I think starting out, if you're thinking about starting out in NFTs and you're worried about Ethereum and the gas fees and you're not 100% sure, I think that is a good starting point. List some of your work in Tezos just to kind of test the market a little bit. I, I do that as well. Um even though I do have some pieces on foundation, I still have pieces that are on Tez and I collect from Tez. And um, I've had people that I have talked into <laughs> putting their stuff on Tez and they've sold, you know, somebody that hasn't sold in months and listed on Tez and boom, you know, because they didn't gas fees can be a, a big issue um, in the Ethereum until you have the you know, big, bigger collectors. I think if you're just worried about where to start and if your stuff will move or not, just to kind of test the market, that is a good place to test the market. Um, um, Prakash wants to say something. Go ahead. Yeah, a quick couple of points. Um, I see people marketing tests because of gas fee and I think most of them are not aware that Rarible has made minting on Ethereum free through lazy minting and there's not even a first time initial cost of minting just like how OpenSea takes so um, the use case of this I don't know uh, if variable is free to mint on Ethereum where is the use case okay that's just one of the views the other point is this is really popular uh, and uh, I'm really confused as to which is the number one interface to use it some say it is object some say it is color mint some say it is hicket nunk I would not know which one is it okay so I usually use Actually, I use object. Um, I mint on Hicketnug, um, but I use object to collect. Um, it's just easier okay. for me. Can it's I ask you, easier. when you mint on Hicketnug, can that be viewable by any of the interfaces built on top of it? Like, uh, yes. So you can't mint in object. You can when you go to object to mint, it will still take you back to Hikikna to to do the minting, and it automatically shows um in object. And so um the, so, go ahead. So you mean to say the entire and let's say there are one thousand NFTs on Hikikna, okay? Mm -hmm. And if you mint on uh, object, does it make it one thousand one or that you know like? Do mm -hmm. all three will have uh, all same similar NFTs or every uh, platform will have different NFTs? Uh-uh. So whatever you mint on Hikatnuk automatically gets pulled into um, object. So it's the same NFT. So let's say you sell it on object, it's going to take it off Hikatnuk. It's sold. Sure. And what if you mint it on via Kalamint or object, it goes to Hikatnuk as well, all three places, right? So with Calamint, I'm not 100% sure oh, because okay. I think Calamint is like their own platform. I've never used it, but I know that Object and um, Hikatnug, they work hand in hand. And um, to make um, your point about the gas fees. So my point about the gas fees wasn't so much from um, uh, an artist's perspective. My point about the gas fees is from a collector perspective. Um, so you have a situation where a lot of artists are complaining that maybe a lot of their work is just sitting there because collectors don't want to pay um, the high gas fees. Like I see your work on, let's say I see your work on OpenSea and I go to purchase it and the gas fee is like, $400. It might put me off and say, okay, I'll wait till later. But with Tez, if I see your work on Tez and the gas fee is like 38 cents, I'll be more inclined to buy it right away. Uh, I never thought of it this way and that's different perspective. I appreciate that. 
You're welcome. So we're going to bring um, Andres up real quick. One more um, person and then we're going to um, wrap up. Hi. Hey, how's it going? Tony, how are you? I'm fine, I, thank you. <laughs> I saw the subject and I was like, you know, I follow, I followed your work for for a little bit, and I'm like, just because I, I saw your photographs, and I'm a tremendous fan of like food and art in general, uh-huh. and I tend to, I tend not to see it, so I was just like, you know, I just, I was just listening in, but then it, it, it went to, um, you know, the different, you know, the different coins and stuff. So I was, I was just like, I don't know how, how deep into the subject of the title you got into, but. I, I'm just like curious, like, what do you think, you know, like, cause it's, it's so your focus, like, what is, um, what is it about using food as a subjective focus that really drives your, drives your art and the art that you like? Beautiful. Um, so, um, my thing is a lot of the work that I studied, um, as an artist that inspired me as an artist were food focused. Um, I have a big thing for like the old Dutch masters and that's where a lot of my inspiration for art comes in. And then I'm a foodie. I like to eat. (laughs) So it, it felt natural, um, shooting food, you know, um, You know, with photography, most of us can shoot almost, you know, anything, portraiture, landscapes. But food is just one of those things that I think challenges me. Um, It's not easy to shoot food at all. You know, contrary to what a lot of people believe, it's really hard to shoot food. And food is how I learned how to use lighting, um, how to bend light, how to make use of shadows, how to kind of... um, you know, make things look the way I see it in my head. It's it's just what pushes me. Um, I'm sure I probably could do that with any other um, subject, like, you know, inanimate objects. But food is beautiful and I like to eat. So um, I figured, why not? <laughs> I totally I totally feel you. I just for me, it's it's very funny because I love uh, I, I also love the Dutch masters. Um, oh, yeah. I grew I grew up going to the Met. So I, I they were the most hallucinatory pictures that I could ever Absolutely. see. We talked about that earlier. Absolutely. I was saying I was like, when I go to the museum, Museum, the first thing that draws me is the still life. And I'm looking like I don't see things like this in NFTs and why, you know, um, and being able to create that in the NFT space is, is for me is awesome. Um, even if food is not as popular in NFT space as of yet, I think it's going to get popular. And if you look at art history, you know, a lot of the subjects, um, like I mentioned earlier from, you know, aristocrats, they use food. Food is how you show wealth you know, banquets, you know, if you didn't have like a banquet hanging in your um, living room somewhere, <laughs> you know, that was how, how you showed wealth, you know, besides your fancy clothes or um, self-portraiture, even in their self-portraiture, Madonna um, and the baby had, an, I think, was it an apple or was holding food? You're going to see little bits of food. Last Supper had food. Um, um, the Vinci, every single one of them have painted food. The old Dutch masters, Vermeer paints food. The milkmaid is one of my favorite pieces that has food in it as a topic. I have something that was actually inspired by the milkmaid in my collection. It's called Still Life with um, Milk. And I made milk the water for the you know, for the given the flower life using milk, you know, so there's so many creative ways you can approach 
um, food. And I, I think we, we need to kind of start shining um, a light on that. I completely agree. I mean, for me, it's it's uh, I feel like when you're when you're bound to a 2D medium for any medium, I think you're you're even if it's writing, you know, like your, your challenge is how do I engross myself and engross the viewer and i think that food is so so wonderful because it engrosses you in so many like the two senses that you don't get plus touch right which is already there but and sense of sight but then you get suddenly your olfactory senses right you get you get taste and you get smell and for me my two favorite artists um you know my my favorite artist is leonora carrington right it's like one of the the most probably the most famous female surrealists and uh she would use these scenes where a lot of the male artists in the in that little subset, which were so dominant then, were very operatic in their manner. And then, uh, with the exception of maybe Salvador Dali, who would very you know very often put food obsessions with bread, bake, and that sort of thing. But with with Carrington, you see these like these incredible like spirits. And what are they doing? They're not like fighting each other or like dying. They're dining. Like you're, you're watching them eat. They're very specifically at a table. It's this very, um, magical realist thing that gets you into their world because you see them in an everyday capacity and not in some sort of, you know, pre anime comic book punch them up. That is, it, you see a lot of surrealism. So I, I just love that this is even a subject. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, like I and um, Git was saying earlier, I think with time in the NFT space, we're going to start seeing a lot more appreciation for the topic of food. I think it's so underrated. Um, a lot of people kind of bypass it like, oh, OK, it's food and, <laughs> you know, but when you actually sit down and think about it and kind of check the history behind it, it's it's an amazing topic. You know, it's a, an amazing theme to shoot. Oh yeah, and and still lives too. As a as a further stretch, I, what I found was happening as I was traveling and as I was going to different galleries and uh, seeing different magazines, even things like Juxtapose, which don't uh, don't always go in that route. It's a very specific art form in that particular magazine. But I kept seeing this highlight on wow, artists are painting still lives, and it was happening um, even in the you know even the last four you know four years in in America where it was so. So, um, you know, subject matter was so much more political where it seemed like on the other end of the spectrum was like, right. So you have this political spectrum of high opera, right. Where it's like, mm -hmm. obviously all this stuff, but then there's this other end of like, there's only so much of that that anyone can take. And on the other end of the spectrum, people making still lives with whatever they could find in obviously in a more contemporary style, but like I was seeing cans of, of seltzer and I was seeing fruit and I was just seeing things that, you know, you only find in the modern day. So it, it just fascinates me that you can get, you get these two spectrums occurring at the same time. And it's definitely going to be happening here. I mean, you're doing it here. So like, it's, it's definitely a current. Absolutely. And I think, you know, um, sometimes it might take one person to take that leap of faith to get other people to um, be interested. And I think, you know, for me, I feel like, you know, this is it. If I can take this leap of faith and I become successful, then you're going to have, because I know a lot of awesome food photographers out there, you're going to have more people that are going to say, oh, okay, this is working. 
let me try it too. And when that happens, you're, you'll see some incredible stuff in this space. You'll see some amazing, amazing still life stuff in um, this space. And speaking of still life, I'm going to mention um, something real quick to everybody listening. I know we're in the NFT space and um, being in the NFT space, we can tend to forget that there's things going outside of the NFT space. There is a world photography um competition going on right now still life is a category in there if you shoot still life portraiture um it's by sony you guys should check it out you know shoot something to um enter into the competition you just never know you know you got to put yourself out there outside in and outside of the nft space i don't limit my work to the nft space alone i put myself out there outside of the nft space too because success will find you in wherever you put yourself, <laughs> you know, I just wanted to kind of mention that before I, um, forget. Tony, before I, before I, I don't want to take up too much of the stage, but I wanted to ask you one more question. Just oh, artist yeah, sure. to artist. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, thank you. Um, so, so yes. So, so I see your work and it does this thing that I, I try to do and oftentimes fail at, but you strike this balance between super obviously you know dutch masters means that the classical technique of composition and and lighting and these dark shadows and this very warmth this 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 almost rustic uh color you know very earth toned uh color palette old master color palette i'd even say it is very painterly and very classic but at the same time it doesn't you manage to not date yourself um and i was wondering how you strike the balance and if you even think about uh that with your work at all i do <laughs> there's um a piece i'm working on right now i literally have been uh, working on this piece for a month <laughs> it's going to end up being one photo but i have been going back and forth on you know, I'll shoot and um, I, I've started incorporating flowers into my work um, and I'll shoot and I'll go back and go, oh, I love it. But maybe the rose was like kind of bent <laughs> and then I start all over. So what I do, um, like I said, with food was how I learned to master the use of lighting. Um, I shoot with one light source and from one direction. I'm right handed. Um, a lot of people... I've noticed like with um, still life, they might light up their entire piece or they might light from the left. I don't light from the left. I'm not a big fan of it. And my brain doesn't even work that way. I light with one light source and I light from the right, um, mainly because maybe because I'm right handed. I've, I haven't quite figured that part out yet, but it just is more appealing to me. And I am an, I'm obsessed with shadows. Um you know, I darken the whole room. I have a home studio. I'll darken everything and just make sure my light is the only thing illuminating. Um, some of my pieces I shoot with a strobe. If you see another light source in there, like my still life with figs, you can see two light sources in there. I'm not using that as the light for the actual image. I'm just using that as an effect to give that 3D form. Um, and all that light will do is just illuminate. It's not going to, if I'm using a strobe, it's not going to flash. Um, well, for that painterly look, I think the most important thing is you have your big diffuser. Um, some people use um, daylight. 
I'm not a big fan of daylight because sometimes I like to shoot in the middle of the night and you can't get daylight in the middle of the night. So I create my own um, light source. I have a window sized um, diffuser that I use. I have a, um, a um, continuous lighting, you know, that I use. And that's what I that's my setup. You know, that's my setup. I don't shoot with my hands. I shoot with a tripod. And like I said, sometimes I'll shoot all night and go back to my computer and then reshoot the next day again because I'm not 100% satisfied. So it's just about finding that balance um, and your style. You know, my style has kind of become what it is because I'm used to shooting this way. Um, and that's how I shoot ev- consistently every single time. And, um, with the tinier food elements, I light them separately, you know, because you want them to show, um, I light them separately and I take them into post and I merge, um, some of my, I'm giving you guys secrets here. <laughs> Uh, secrets of the trade (laughs) and I merge those little tiny elements um separately but for the most part I'll keep my one image lit the same way and then just kind of you know take my little tiny element and take them and um you know um photoshop it in or merge the images into just that one particular image and merge it into the main image. So um, I did that with the berries as well, um, the still life of berries. I lit the berries and brought it into the spoon, um, into the spoon separately, even though there was a berry on the spoon already. It's, 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 just, it's just a process, but it's a process that you can easily learn and master. Thank you so much for 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 everything for revealing your your secrets, <laughs> but also just like yeah, I mean it's just like the way that you that, and that answered my question perfectly, and the way that you you've uh, put animation into your work is also so beautiful and and oh, subtle and, and really maintains the the artistic quality of it I, and, I, and being painterly. I just started doing the art, the animated versions because I, I, I'm, I love sparkles and anything pink. And, and I just was like, you know what, this would look even more interesting. And like I said, you know, that's that NFT influence as well, because most of my work goes with, you know, on metal prints and you can't really see animation. But the future for my work is I'm like, OK, how will it be if I have some of my work as a 20 by 30 screen, you know, and it's moving? And that would be incredible in somebody's home. So I'm thinking, um, you know, into the future, how do I present my work where when you walk into somebody's home and it's on their wall, they see it sparkly and they're like, oh my God, this is different. Um, so that's when I, that's why I started doing those, you know, to kind of add a different, um, a more modern feel to, you know, something you would compare to like something made in the 1800s. We're definitely all becoming animators. Like I, I really am so curious. I, I say this so often. It's like three years from now where we're all going to be, but like everyone's picking up animation because yeah, when you when you start seeing these in real life, it's like you know I I could see this on a flat screen, but it's like it, there's the satisfaction is completely different. I, if I wanted that, I'd, I'd have my painting or a print, right? You have your metal prints, but I just wanted to say you know thank you so much for for having me up here. I, I'm not going to hog the stage any longer. It's an Ooh, absolute pleasure talking to you about all this absolutely thank you for coming up on stage i really enjoyed your questions thank you thank you for your answers yeah it's my pleasure awesome (laughs) i get how you still with this (laughs) (laughs) 
I've, I've just been listening in on and uh, <laughs> my reactions have been ah same same <laughs> especially <laughs> when you say it. Same, right? <laughs> I know yeah. Like, yeah I I think I think as time goes on you know with with food we're going to it's it's always refreshing when I meet people that appreciate and actually understand like this is what's in my head and I don't really have to scream it too much and they're like I get you and I'm like can I get a hug you get me yay (laughs) you know so it's always it's always beautiful to have people that you know get where you're coming from um in terms of um you know food and art it's something like I said over time it's going to change and then the nft space is going to be appreciated even more you're going to see more artists um and it's going to be wonderful. You know, it's going to be wonderful. Um, all right. So with that, I think we are going to um, wrap the space. Um, we did go on for a little bit. I hope everybody enjoyed today's spaces. Again, if you have any questions, feel free to hop in my mentions and ask. I am a chatterbox <laughs> on Twitter. Um, I do not mind at all, um, except when I'm not on Twitter. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're, like I said, we're going to try to have this up on the NFT talk show podcast. Um, if we do get it up, um, I will make sure to tweet a link so you guys can go back and, um, you know, listen again, if you missed anything or reference anything. Um, and with that said, thanks to everyone for coming um we appreciate it GitHub. um thank you thank you all for coming thank you for listening to us and we, uh, we hope to see more food in nft awesome all right thanks everybody and we will catch you on the blockchain